Why did you contact us? You contacted us. We were just listening. And there are others? Many others. Live long and prosper. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is Sci-Fi Diner Conversations, number 10 miles. Wow, we put 10 out already. I know, I can't believe it. This has been awesome, just kind of chatting informally about it, the shows that we like, hearing from you guys, having you guys come and join us here at the diner, you know? It, you know, it's, it, we can't, you know, may, maybe re- meet up in real life, but this is the next best thing. It is. Nothing like sitting in a booth and... Enjoying a cup of coffee or whatever you're dining on or eating on and feasting on and sharing. It's really cool. So we're really glad to have you here. My name's Scott Hertzog. And hello, I am Miles P. McLaughlin. And this is kind of a part of the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. It's kind of the community end of the podcast where we just kind of dialogue, find out what you guys are watching, talk a little bit about what's going on in our sci-fi world and going from there. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. And so this this will, uh, this will air before our Christmas episode. Okay. Did you like that whole Christmas introduction with Miracle Laurie that I put together? You know, I was going to say something. I I, I remember that fo- very fondly last last year. So this that was, was that was a good time. It was a year ago. I know. We got to talk to Miracle again. See, how we she's do. Going. She's getting married. Did you know that? Y- yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. So I mean, uh, her tweets have all been about marriage plans. I doubt there's much acting going on. Hopefully not. Probably not. So uh, yeah, hopefully all, all she's you not two, all you single <laughs> guys out there, too bad she's taken now. I know. So much for Wonder Woman. That, mm-hmm. that being single at it. Yes. But uh, no, it's good. And uh, we still get some Dollhouse news every once in a while. But man, she's fond memories of watching her in Dollhouse. It, it was. Mm-hmm. And then we had a very pleasant time uh, talking with her uh, back at uh, Shore Leave. By the way, did, did you listen through to the last song? I did. I was like, wonder what's going on here. Then uh, <laughs> I heard the, uh, the C3PO uh, teaching R2D2 how to sing. Right, right. And do you know who one of the voices in the background there? No. Who is that? John Bon Jovi. All right. <laughs> it's one of his first singing endeavors ever. Interesting. Yeah, in, in a Star Wars fan film, uh, fan music, they, had this, they put out these records in the 80s, like 1980, mm-hmm. put out these records that, you know, sold with books and stuff. And this was a Christmas, you know, record that you could get for Star Wars. I'll have to go back and listen to that again. It's on, you can find, just type in John Bon Jovi Christmas uh, Star Wars and you'll find it. That, that, that was that was a cool way. Yeah, so if you want to hear that again, that's that's what it was thrown in there at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, let's, be, let's get into our listener feedback episode and I wanted to actually just talk a little bit about something that Kevin Batchelder from Tuning In Sci-Fi and I are doing and uh, no, I did not, well, I did chef Miles a little bit on this, but uh, we thought that we would try and just just try to see how it went and kind of invite you guys maybe to watch along with us. We're doing something that, for the lack of a better term, we're calling the Viewing Challenge. And these are shows that we maybe missed. They're out in DVD, but we want to now go back and watch because we just haven't taken the time to do so. And, Miles, you and I have dialogue. There's so much good sci-fi out there. And if you, you know, 
have any sort of life crisis or any sort of lack of time, they're shows that just fall by the wayside. Very true. That I, I miss some good ones. Yeah. So uh, these, this is kind of our viewing challenge. And what we did is he chose one that he wanted to watch. I chose one that I didn't know much about but wanted to watch. Uh, and he chose Dark Angel. Did you watch Dark Angel, Miles? No, I have not. But that's a James Cameron show with Jessica Alba. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, late 90s? And uh, one of the guys on, uh, on Facebook, just, this is from Manhattan, Manhattan R, said, and I hope this isn't too spoilery, spoilery uh, Kevin, if you're listening to this. Um, he said, this is a fun idea, this idea of this viewing challenge. I watched the first season of Dark Angel, which was a sci- which is what the sci-fi TV guy is watching. That's you, Kevin. Jessica Alba is uber hot. Show doesn't totally work all the time, but often does. It is a nice ride. The episode where Jessica glams out in a red-hot dress is awesome. Uh, John Savage rocks too. So there's some uh, you know props to that. I did not watch watch Dark Angel either. Mm-hmm. So, and then um, the what the show that I'm watching is Charlie Jade. Have you even heard of the show, Miles? I've never heard of a Charlie Jade. What's that about? Charlie Jade is a it's a marriage between Canadian and South African television. Oh, uh, it never came to the U.S. To my knowledge, it never came to the U.S. Although I I thought a read somewhere sci-fi may aired it at one time but not that i saw um i'm watching it kevin recommended it Mm -hmm. and i checked out the first five minutes online and said you know what i want to watch this so Mm -hmm. he's sending me the dvds i'm going to be watching it um we did ask listeners and we're asking you guys tonight um for if someone come up with a better name than the viewing challenge and i actually got to this is jason t uh from ours uh from our uh facebook he said, here's two names, the crossover redemption, the idea that you're redeeming these old shows. That's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting take. Or sci-fi salvage, you know, the, the idea that you're salvaging these shows. That's true. Um, e- either one would be good. Yeah, so we might have to throw a poll up or something, a vote in this, and mm-hmm. I'll have to bring Kevin in on it. We'll have to chat. So, Kevin, two more names for us to think about as we're going here. Um, let's talk Fringe Miles. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, what did you think of this past week's fringe? Um it it did not disappoint at all. Um it was uh it was you you got to see that the uh, alternate Royals was a decent honorable guy. Um and it, and it was kind of sad to see that uh, he had to make the ultimate sacrifice at the end. I did love the revelation that Peter had. Like, he mm-hmm. speaks Greek to Olivia, and this is a phrase that she spoke to him originally. And uh, and that whole kind of ratted out the fellow Olivia, and she realized it. Right, and um, that was a clever way to do it, and I thought it was interesting. They both had identical Apple laptops, and she ends up taking the wrong one. Right, right. Um, so they were able to uh, uh, decode a lot of her, her, her stuff, uh, but still she manages to still cross over at the end. Yeah, you know what, and that's that's interesting. That that whole scene, I felt like the ending. I felt like the first part of the episode was much better written than the last part. Mm-hmm. I just felt that there were some, I don't know, plot loopholes. Like how she, I felt like we were asked to make a leap. Like the 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 sensory deprivation tank. Never, never did we ever have someone physically cross over in that. When we saw it used earlier, it always ex- kind of explore. Mm-hmm. And suddenly we're, at, we're expecting to, without Cortexafan, or maybe it's because Olivia does have Cortexafan that she's able to cross over like that. But uh, I just felt like it was a bit of a leap. And I felt like the ending was kind of like a letdown, maybe a little bit. It may have been rushed. I think they had yeah. a lot of loose ends they need to tie up. And I'm not sure they tied all of them up. And 
like, like I said, I'm not sure how the how did the alternate broils how did his how did he end up on the our side of the universe? Well, they had to. They did that whole bridge thing. Remember, they were going to bring Walter across. Oh, they need equal some kind yeah, of mass. Equal mass, and I guess they cut parts of him out to get equal mass for Olivia. Yeah, that's okay. That makes sense. That's, that's the way I kind of interpret. It. it was a great episode. People are saying that it is their top episode of all time. I don't know if I agree quite with that. It was a great episode, though. Would yeah. you rank it as being the top of all time? No, not, not no, it, no. I'm not going to say that. I, I mean, I, I think it didn't have enough. Uh, had, had 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 some Walter, but not enough Walter to make this the yeah. ultimate. Yeah, and not enough singing corpses. Not enough singing corpses. Not <laughs> enough um, uh, gross out moments with Walter with with food and and uh, taking out internal organs out yeah. of dead corpses. So, yeah. Miles, just be aware you got to watch out for people in their agenda. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Walter mm-hmm. and how Peter was. You know, subject to Olivia's agenda. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but let's keep his family friendly. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, again, it's not really totally. And I guess it is sort of. Um, we have we got we did get some audio feedback. This comes from Kevin Batchelder from Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV. Thank you, Kevin, for leaving this. And he gave some clarifying thoughts as to how network television gets her ratings. Because mm-hmm. we had kind of talked about this on some past episode. So let me go ahead and play this, and uh, and then we'll talk about a few things regarding this feedback. So thanks again, Kevin, for sending this in. And again, you can find Kevin at tuningintosci-fi.com. Hey, Scott and Miles, it's Kevin Batchelder from the Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV podcast. Hey, just wanted to, uh, again, thank you for putting out the listener feedback shows. It's a lot of fun hearing uh, your casual thoughts and some of the listeners on... Uh, different topics, so I appreciate you doing it, a lot of fun every week. I wanted to comment uh, the last couple of weeks talking a little bit about uh, the ratings and Nielsen and stuff, uh, a couple of tidbits after years of looking into this myself too. Uh, the thing we need to keep in mind, while we may be cutting edge in that we have DVRs and we're big genre fans, uh, commercial television is just that. It's there and free to us because of the commercials and the advertisers, and they need people watching the commercials. So those of us who DVR and watch a show a day later or seven days later, they don't care about us. Let's face it, we're not watching their commercials. They're not going to care very much, so they're not going to really look at those numbers as far as what shows to keep on the air. So it's just the reality of the way the situation works. Um, while, you know, I know I've had my DVR for, goodness, I don't know, five, seven years, and other folks might be similar in terms of several years. I think last survey that I saw only showed that about a third of a TV viewers had a DVR, so we're still in the minority. So uh, as long as we still see 20-plus million people watching, uh, uh, you know, Dancing with the Stars and American Idol and Survivor and other reality shows and watching them live, that's where the money's going to be, and that's where the networks are going to put the most attention when it comes to shows and what nights they go on so they can make money off them. So it's just, unfortunately, the world we live in from a viewing point of view. Uh, it is slowly changing. I know Nielsen does look at some of the DVR numbers. They are factored in in a small way, but a very small way right now. Um, and as far as becoming a Nielsen family, no, you can't just uh, join. They, they obviously don't want people who are interested in putting in the numbers. It's just randomly assigned based on demographics and so forth to get the proper cross-section. Uh, but the DVR numbers, even if you're not a Nielsen family, so in theory ratings are not coming out of your household, uh, the DVR numbers of what shows you do DVR, how quickly you do watch them, whether you skip through them, that raw data is collected by cable companies and TiVo and such and is reported. So in some small way, uh, your 
actual viewing habits are looked at in a very uh, general sense. But uh, we're slowly moving towards a better system, but I think it's going to be a long time coming. So for sanity's sake, just kind of kind of shrug your shoulders and see what goes from there. But if it helps at all, I do know one family that is a Nielsen family, and they are genre fans and watch all kinds of our shows. So we, we, we do have a few in the, in the lot, just not enough, I guess. Take care, guys. Uh, so what do you think about uh, what Kevin had to share here? And thanks, it, Kevin, again. Well, it's probably a very informed. Um, I mean, he gave us some good information there. I mean, it, as far as what um, the powers that be look at as far as who's watching their shows and watching the commercials in the shows. I mean, I know for myself, nine times out of ten, I just fast forward through the commercials. Uh, I mean, even in the days when I was using the... Uh, Maybe some of you remember the old uh, uh, VHS uh, players and, and VHS. VHS. No, I'm just kidding. Well, it was nah, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was but, like the eight track of the DVDs. Yes, if you think of it that way. But it was just that's how you know. But I've been I've been recording shows in some format, either DVR or VHS tapes for oh gosh, uh, fifteen years or, or longer. And so, um, so you, you know, I there. Either for whatever reason, I couldn't see a show when it was on TV that night, so that's how I usually caught it. It's just I recorded it and watched it later. Yeah, yeah. You know, I you know I was thinking I I do skip commercials. You know, unless there are some shows I will watch live. If I can catch Fringe live, I'll do it, or I'll watch it the next morning. But then it's DVR, and I'm able to go through it faster. Right. You know, there are some commercials I'll stop for. Uh, you know, especially if they're airing a new promo for a new. A movie that's coming out, I might stop and watch that. Right, but it's, but it is rare. Mm-hmm. It is rare that I actually stop and watch. It. So I think that that's probably uh, true. Um, I did think that it was interesting that only a third of the people in America DVR their stuff. That I, I, you know, that seems a bit low. But then again, you know, here I am. I'm surrounded by my brothers and you know my parents, all who have DVR, and I think, well, maybe this is a norm. That's. I, I, I just assume there will be more people now with DVRs uh, now in this day and age, now that uh, it's it's been around for a while. But I would still think then then there's people still using old VHS to record their shows. So I would still think a lot of people are still – there's still a lot of people because of we, we, their, their, their life schedules don't watch a show that's on. They'll, they'll record it in some format to watch it later. Yeah, I think he's right, though. You know, I, I, I assume, for example, that – that, you know, here we are with MP3s and digital downloads, that there's a lot of people doing this stuff. And I was listening to Lou Laporte on um, uh, MacBreak Weekly, and they said that um, that only t- less than 10% actually download their music. You know, uh, you know, 80 to 90% of music sales are done via CD yet. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, that, and that makes sense. You know, here, if you think about, like, my parents' generation, my grandparents' generation, you think about... You know, even our generation, a lot of people still picking stuff up on DVD. I mean, CD. Right, they're still doing it the old-fashioned way. So it makes sense. But I wonder, as far as you know, you said digital downloads. I'm thinking um, people watch people just just our genre shows. I mean, there are times I, I don't get DVR, and I'll just watch it on Hulu. I mean, well, and um, does Hulu count more than DVR because you have to sit through commercials on Hulu? Yeah, you can't fast forward through the commercials. Yeah, so you would think that it would count more. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Kevin, do you know? Does Hulu count more? I don't know. You would think it would because they do get commercials in there. Kevin, you seem to know where to find out this, so please yeah. help us out. Yeah. Kevin? You're the man. 
find Help out. me, Kevin Batchelor. <laughs> You're my only hope. Um, oh, by the way, just something that uh, this is just available to Friday. Tuning into Sci-Fi TV is doing the top genre television shows of all time, and I'm going to provide a link. I'll put a link in our in our notes here for you to actually access it. But it gives you a chance to rate, rank your top 20 shows of all time, TV shows of all times, and explain maybe why. Mm-hmm. And so if you're interested in that, I did mine tonight, and they're asking me for an audio clip. I don't know if I'll have time to do it or not. But uh, it's an excellent uh, way to kind of get your voice heard and maybe contribute a little bit to their podcast. Uh, True. Um, well, I have some shows. We, we, we had our last, remember in our last show, we talked about the way shows ended. Yes. And so we did get some feedback about this. And this comes from Colin. Why don't you go ahead and, and tell us a little bit about what he said, Miles. Okay. Hello, Scott Miles. On the subject of final episodes, I have to agree with Miles. All the Star Trek final episodes uh, were, were good, with the exception of Enterprise. It felt rushed, basically because it was. I listened to an interview with uh, Scott Bakula. In this interview, he said that the cancellation was a shock as the series was gaining ground. And then there was a mad rush to finish the series. On a separate note, I think the original series of V had a good finality to the finish, albeit far-fetched. be interesting to see w- what the new uh, incarnation does. But uh, but Lost, Battlestar, X-Files, bad endings all around. For me, Battle of 5 had a totally closed-off ending, which finished all the storylines with the Sheraton's goodbye tour. Live long and podcast. From Colin from England. Yeah, so uh, he provides a decent list there. And, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that list? Um, no, I, I, I would agree. Um, I remember the, the, the final episode of V... Uh, I, I would agree it was a very far-fetched ending to that episode, but I think they were kind of like like a lot of shows when they know that their time is come. They have sometimes the endings are, are a bit rushed and may not come off as well as they would have liked. Yeah, we've talked about Battlestar to death about our thoughts on the endings there. X Files. Um, I don't know if I liked the ending. It was great to see Mulder back because mm-hmm. the Mulder was gone for a couple of se- for like a season and a half. Right. So they finally brought him back, and good to see Cigarette Smoking Man back. So it was good to kind of revisit some of the characters. But you know, I always hate when they have like this whole courtroom scene type ending, which is kind of what was going on in the X Files. Okay. And uh, so I just does, that doesn't really sit well with me. So I do kind of agree with that. And we didn't watch Lost, but I do hear I did hear a lot of complaints about Lost. That's for sure. True. And another thought that came in from uh, about the endings, this is from Don. He said, great show. You did not mention Carl. We were, I guess we were talking about Carl Urban. Carl Urban's role in the movie Red starring Bruce Willis. You and I didn't see it. I did want to see that in theaters. But, yeah, I missed it all the way until but, it comes out on TV. But he plays apparently a CIA agent who kicks ass. He fights Bruce Willis's character to a draw. He is a new action hero for the future. If you've not seen him in film, the film, you must. You will have a great time. And I'm sure I will because there was a decent cast. I mean, John Malkovich is in that one. Oh, my gosh, yes. There were some good ones in. Mm -hmm. Oh, and he said, and this plays into what we were talking about. He goes, shows that it allows the endings, sliders. Yes, I would agree that the ending to sliders was... uh Dissatisfying. Yeah, and I did not watch. I, I, I let me ask you, season three of Sli- Sliders. So, well, season I believe they I believe they did have five seasons. The they last did. the last season they had a major cast shakeup. At both uh, oh, uh, uh, both uh, McConnell brothers um, were not in that one. They got two new people in it, and so the last season felt uh, different. Felt very different, and uh, I guess that, again they had to rush. To uh, come up with something, so and his was D- he said DS Nine also had a lousy ending. That I would have to disagree with. Um, I-, I thought that the the the, the battle. Well, 
I may have not been totally satisfied with what they did with the Ben Sisko character, but I think um, the way they concluded the uh, Dominion War, I thought they did a good job with that, and I thought that some characters were moving on in their, their lives. Um, I, I thought they did a good job with that, too. So um, uh, I'll have to respectfully disagree with you on that one. No, well, that's, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I did not watch Deep Space Nine yet. Mm-hmm. Yet. It's in my Netflix queue. Okay. Yet. Um, this came in from Jan from New York, and she said this, I never had such a weird deja vu feeling, or whatever you call the moment when you were reading my email on the latest podcast. I was like, wow, that guy Colin must have been interconnected to my brain or something. LOL, because I kept thinking, wow, word for word sounding exactly what I had said. Uh, but that thing about the... Uh, the thing I like about these podcasts is because I really don't really get the opportunity to share my likes and thoughts about some of my favorite TV shows all the time. And here we do. Out there, I strain to reach for something to talk about. Here, we're almost like a collective, sh- collective so I, shall I say, like Borg, almost. Resistance is futile. Mwahaha. Yeah, she's writing about the uh, time when I read... Um, her email and called it Colin's email okay. in the last listener feedback episode. Sorry about that, Jen. Um, and I figured it out halfway through that that was it. So mm-hmm. it was kind of funny. So it was deja vu. Mm-hmm. So it was actually yours, Jen. So, but uh, yeah, it's, it really is kind of cool that we have kind of this community going on around these listener episodes, especially. It is. And around the Facebook fan page, we have a lot of good community. And I do like the ability to kind of share our thoughts and really hear from other people that are watching this stuff. Right, and they're they're letting us know some good stuff too. You know, otherwise I'm just listening to you you babble on about sci-fi, which is totally awesome. I love hearing from you, Miles, but it's always good to hear about some other stuff. I do a great job of babbling you about do, sci-fi. You do. You do. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fountain of useless information. You are, uh, and you're a, you're you're a babbling fountain. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and here, Jason Taylor uh, wrote in and said this. He goes, he goes. I was like laughing when you were trying to figure out who, which, what movie Favreau was tied to. Um, I think that's what he pronounced. He goes, the Transformer guy, uh, uh, Hellboy. It's Hellboy, right? No, no, not Hellboy. Uh, uh, Iron Man. Yeah, that's it. I thought you were going to run the gamut of superhero movies in the last five years. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember I couldn't figure out who... Wait, wait, yeah, which we, we knew the name, but we had a hard time p- placing it. Yeah, he goes, speaking of which, the new and final Transformers will be in... Wait for it. Wait for it. 3D! What if every sci-fi supernatural movie from now on was in 3D? I think that's probably where it's going. I'm, I would shoot my brains out. Come on, <laughs> some of it, some of it don't. Some of the movies are done really well. Mm-hmm. I just worry that we're overdoing something that. Well, I just remember the last Transformers movie. I I, I just felt sensory overload from that, and that was just in two D. So, see the movie that Miles really wants to see in three D is The Watchmen. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're, you're killing me, Scott. You 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 you're, you're killing me. You know, <clears throat> that's all we'll say. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's that. That hurts. That really does. <laughs> All right, and uh, go ahead. Tell us this little tidbit on Caprica. All right, uh, uh, Radu, our, our friend up north, is uh, he is getting um, the opportunity to. No, we are not, and he's going to watch the final episodes of Caprica. He did say that it is some of the best sci-fi he saw in a long time. Which the final five rocked. Thanks for tantalizing us because we didn't get to see the final five, right? Um, but uh, which 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 makes me happy in one sense, but saddens me another that they really brought the best f- for last, and, and uh, you know, just to the little the too little too late sort of thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, not giving a show a chance. Mm-hmm. 
Well, Walking Dead, of course, aired its sixth and final episode this past week, and our listeners had uh, some uh, feedback about that show, and I got to admit, I watched up to episode three, and I have not made it past. I just, I just, uh, it's a bit gruesome for me, but I will watch it. I will watch it, promise. Jason T said, outstanding. I didn't like them trying to redeem shame at the beginning. He still thought about shooting Rick in the woods and assaulting Lori in the library. So I guess hopefully it's not too... If you didn't watch it, wait, you know, stop. I guess you can't rewind now, but... That's um, right. Manhattan R said, The best show on TV, a sci-fi zombie show where you feel about the characters and totally believe it. Sensational. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool, and uh, people obviously liked the show, and it I think it ended in a bang. Yeah, I haven't... I, I, I have them all recorded. I haven't seen any of them yet. Uh, I know... As we get close to the holidays, our shows will be on hiatus, so I'll have... Uh, yeah, some so nothing like waking up Christmas morning and watching people just slaughter each other. Watching people run away from zombies. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Just one and, Christmas spirit. And just in the comment, uh, there's a good chance we'll be interviewing uh, Laurie Holden from the from Walking Dead, because she's going to be at Farpoint. Yes, yes, so that's... Uh, so she is uh, one of the females running from the zombies. I'm sure she's got some great stories. Yeah, it'll be awesome to do. Mm-hmm. Um, this comes, uh, this is a thought in Fringe. I probably should have read it earlier. This is from Wayne from Fringe Casting with Wayne. And he said, I agree that the first half of this episode was better than the second half. Many folks are already telling me this is the best Fringe ever. I put it in the top ten, but not the best. Dan and I will discuss some of the things that appear to me as slightly sloppy script writing and plot holes and seem anticlimactic to me as well. And I feel bad for Alt Broyles, wife and son. Walter Nate is appearing more evil than before if he would do, if he would do that to Alt Broyles. So kind of agree with them there. And if you haven't checked out their podcast, it is Fringe Casting with Wayne and Dan. Mm-hmm. Great podcast about Fringe. And you can hear my Fringe quote of the week. So if you want. But yeah. And by the way, this is kind of interesting. This is I'm going to get this episode out tomorrow so you will have a day to hear it. But this is from Kevin Batchelder, kind of share that they're, Fox is doing a tweet-along. Tell us about it, Miles. Fox will be hosting a live tweet-along event on December 9th. During That's the Fringe thir- this Thursday. This Thursday. During the Fringe episode of Marionette. Tweet-along live with your favorite Fringe cast members during next week's all-new episode. Members of the cast will join you here to share insider info and answer questions from Fringe fans. It's almost like communicating with the alternate universe. Only cooler. The details are a little scarce, but hopefully tweets will be appearing online only and not on the screen. Displaying tweets on screen was tried once before with Fringe Tweet Pete's, and it was a disaster. However, we did get some interesting information about the show. The Fringe Tweet Alongs site currently shows on, on John Noble signed up, but it is likely based on the previous attempt that the following cast and crew might be available. We'll yeah, it'll be Jeff Pinkner and Jay Wyman. Both of those are executive producers. Uh, Josh Jackson. Peter Bishop, that'd be cool, mm-hmm. and John Noble, of course. So uh, I didn't know this, but uh, Josh Jackson uh, this is going on a rabbit trail. He was considered for the role of Captain Kirk in the new Star Trek movie. Really, I didn't know that. Yes, uh, he 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 would have the look. He would have the look. He might have been able to pull it off. Uh, now I have Chris Pine in my head, though. Right, Ben. Yeah. Well, tonight, as you are listening, well, as we are recording this, and. Uh, <clears throat> Or unable to watch is Eureka and Warehouse 13 are airing their episodes of their Christmas specials. I am recording and TVing those definitely. Jen wrote in and said, but I look forward to next week's Eureka and Warehouse 13 Christmas specials. Yay, that's a sweet treat. I just wish I had BBC America to see Doctor Who special. I wish the PBS would pick it up like they did Sherlock Holmes. It was a great thing, but I'll probably get to see it on iTunes like I did the whole season that way. 
Um, if you do watch the Christmas special of Eureka and Warehouse 13, please let us know. You can call into our listener line at one 888 508 or email us at the sci-fi at gmail.com. And, uh, and let us know what you think. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely catching Warehouse 13, and I think it's a crossover episode, so I'll probably try and watch Eureka just so I can see more. That's Alice what I Scagliotti. read. Yeah, I think she's on both episodes. So definitely, definitely cool. And by the way, I did hear Doctor Who is airing simultaneously, so it's airing in the U.K., and pretty soon afterwards, a day or two afterwards, I think even on Christmas, maybe, I heard rumors about this, I could totally be wrong, that the Doctor Who Christmas special is airing um, right on Christmas. So we'll okay. get it right here. But BBC America, so if you don't get that, uh, you're a little bit out of the loop. I guess there's nothing more we can do about it. But mm. iTunes, always available on iTunes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, talk about the event here. Our friend Jen says any uh, the event. Anyway, as for the way the event ended, I guess that will leave it open-ended for uh, Sean to think that maybe since uh, Leela's father is an alien, perhaps then also that would mean that maybe she's half alien too. True. Then what's up with the injecting the kids or either taking their youth away from them so they don't age? doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but I'm still watching it. It does make it does, it does kind of a sense of flash-forward kind of thing to it. Um, yeah, what are, what are your thoughts on this? I didn't really pick up on the flash-forward connection. Um but I would have to agree with her. I, I, I think probably Leela and her sister, they're probably half alien or whatever, whoever these people are. Um, because the, the dad, there's pictures of him from the 40s, that, and he looks like he hasn't aged a day since then. So I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one, Jen. I'm not, I'm not, I agree with her. I don't know why people are aging. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense why you're causing people to get old. Like, what's the purpose of that? You know? Yeah, I, I mean, it would make sense if you're taking something out of these little girls and if they're half alien, they have something in there to. But when, when uh, uh, what's the guy, the guy's name, Sean, when he injected that, that, that operative, he aged to death. So what, yeah. what, what was in that? Uh, yeah, what's the purpose of that? I mean, are you studying the effects of aging? But they don't seem very scientific. It doesn't seem the direction of the show. But Right. Yeah, I don't know. So if any of you have any thoughts, why are they causing people to get old on the event? Mm-hmm. What is the reason? We want to hear from you. Because I don't know. That's something they, I mean, they, they, that's kind of a curveball they threw at us. Yeah, definitely. And then this is from No Ordinary Family. Well, this is not from or No Ordinary Family. This is from Jen, who's talking about No Ordinary Family. Uh, I, I stopped watching the show, Miles. I, I'm, I'm DVRing the shows. I just haven't watched it. You haven't given up on it yet, have you? Well, not certain. Okay. Not certain. I'm not okay. committing, Miles. Not committing. I might have. Might have. Um, as an ordinary family, it's just been okay so far. It's cute. This week's episode was a lot better than last week's when the kid wanted to help his teacher in heart surgery. That was almost a bit of a stretch for me. The only thing that bothers me a little bit is the show is the kids' power. Powers are a little lame. Nothing against the kids. I like them. I just wish writers gave them better powers. And oh my God, then that part when the kids broke the parents' anniversary present to remind you of the Brady Bunch. Anyone? LOL. But I did like when they worked together to solve their problems. So that's her thoughts on No Ordinary Family. I actually like the kids' powers. Uh, I like that the girl, uh, her, she could touch. I mean, not only could she, you know, tap in just by, you know, being near somebody, but now when, when she makes physical contact with somebody, she can almost, it's a direct connection, so she, she, can, she can hear what's going on in their, their heads even then. And the kids' powers, uh, I don't know. I, I thought, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty cool. I mean, um, uh, for, for, I don't know. The reason why certain people got those powers, but for the, for the, for the boy, he he was lacking something, and this 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 has given him something that uh, he he needed. So that's just just my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I you know, 
I am actually looking more for, forward to the cape for my superhero show. Mm-hmm. I think the cape might do it for me. Okay. You know, Summer Glow's in it. Something oh. about that. Oh, sweet Summer. <laughs> uh, and this is... Um, uh, last bit of news. Uh, last bit of news. Last bit of uh, feedback we have. This is all from Jen. It's about Stargate Universe. I always have to go back and see what the heck happened. Uh, I thought it was funny how Lou Diamond Phillips' character always appears to save the day. Uh, I looked away from the TV for a second. I was like, "What the heck? How did he appear out of nowhere?" So he does kind of appear. That's a little convenient, but yeah. um, I didn't care too much. It was. I, I was. I wonder what happened with his character. So uh, that was that was good, but and they kind of leave him in a lurch. They leave everybody in a lurch. Yeah, so. and it's uh, we got to wait. When is it coming back? March? I'm not sure, but at least with this one, it's uh, it is this feels like a real this feels like a like a cliffhanger. This does. This mm. feels like a real cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, good ending for it. I'm glad glad it is mm-hmm. is there. Well, anything on Facebook that we need to hit, or do we? I mean, I did pull some Facebook stuff in there, but anything else that we didn't look at that we sh- maybe should uh, take a gander at. Well, let's see here real quick. Um, I did like um, if, if if you are in the new New York, new York area, uh, New York City area, and if you're into seeing live theater, um, Manhattan Rap posted this. Uh, this was very kind of him. Uh, but Zachary Quinto is uh, appearing in. He's doing some off Broadway in uh, New York City. So that's uh, so. I wish I could check that out, but that would be something for anybody out there. Yeah, absolutely. So. The Signature Theater. doesn't say which show, but... Um, it's sold out to February, though. Right. So you're going to have to wait a little while, but maybe you can check it out. Yeah. Well, very, very cool. Very mm-hmm. cool. Well, I don't have anything else. I think that's about it. Yeah, I think we covered it. Yeah, we, we did. It's a good show. And uh, if you want to give us your thoughts about anything that we're talking about, about the shows you're watching, about the Christmas specials, uh, heck, whatever's on your sci-fi Christmas list, you can call into the show at one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three. If I can speak here, and you can email an audio clip if you want your voice heard, and you're out of the United States. Uh, email it to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail dot com, or just email us, and we'll read it on the show. So, we always love to get your feedback. We love to, Kevin Batchelder and I would love to have you join us in watching the shows that we're doing for our viewing challenge, and that is Dark Angel and Charlie Jade. And you can find those uh, links to those in the shows and everything on our website. I believe that's it. Well, until next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya.
Hey, we hope you enjoyed listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. If you want to find out more about the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, please visit SciFiDinerPodcast.com where you can find show news, pictures, videos, and many other things about the Sci-Fi Diner. You can also find the Sci-Fi Diner where else, Miles? We have a Facebook fan page, and uh, we have very active discussion going on there between uh, Scott and myself and you, the listeners. So I encourage you, please uh, join our Facebook fan page, and let's talk some sci-fi. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com backslash sci-fi diner. You can find me on Twitter. That's uh, Herzog, H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. And I am uh, Son of Worf uh, at Twitter, and I also uh, on uh, Trek Space, uh, Son of Worf at Trek Space. And we want to hear from you. So please email us at the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast at gmail.com or call our listener line at 1-888-508-4343 and let us know your thoughts on what you're watching, what you like, what you don't like. We want to hear from you. 